Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Hallelujah. Can you stand up this morning? He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all honor. Can you give him a hand this morning? Hallelujah. So good to see you. Just reach across and give somebody a high five and say, it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning.
say it. He brings life. Amen. He turns graves into gardens. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, everything, we give it to you this morning. I search the world.
change. Do you realize that? You can try so many things, but nothing is going to satisfy your soul like Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord.
Hallelujah, church. Just give the Lord a big hand this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in the presence of the Lord. I needed that this morning. Can you say amen? Amen. I needed that this morning. Praise the Lord. We want to have special prayer uh, this morning for Sister Betty Jean and her family. Uh, Sister Betty Jean lost her uh, grandson. He's a little over, I think, 30 years old uh, in an accident uh, this week. And so I talked to the young man's mother uh, yesterday on the phone and had prayer for It's a tragedy. And so we want to be lifting their family up in prayer. Amen. So let's, let's take a few minutes and let's do that this morning before I finish with my announcements. Heavenly Father, we lift up Sister Betty this morning and we lift up this young man's mother, God, that Father, he got killed in an accident uh, just two or three days ago, God. And God, we just pray for this family right now. Lord, our heart is supposed to feel like their heart does right now. And God, I'm asking you through the power of the cross and in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would go in and lift up that mom right now. You would go in and lift up that dad of this 30-year-old man. And God, you would go in and Lord, also touch Betty Jean and the rest of their family. And Lord, you said that you would give us a peace that passes all understanding during these times. So, Father, we lift her up right now. And, Lord, I'm asking you through the power and through the strength of the Holy Spirit, Father, right now, that, Lord, that you would touch this family and you would be with them in the days ahead. And, Father, we thank you. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Continually, continually pray for that family. Uh, I've got just a few announcements this morning. The Women and Men's Bible Study uh, has already started, and uh, we had a great time in our men's Bible study, and I know the ladies did. Uh, I believe Cindy will be here back on board Wednesday teaching in the women's Bible study. Tina filled in for this last Wednesday. I know they had a great uh, a great Bible study. Uh, Brother Malcolm is uh, doing a great job in our men's Bible study. I want to encourage all the men to come out. And the men and women's Bible study is at 6.30 on Wednesday night. So I want to encourage everyone uh, everyone to be here. Uh, Pastor Amanda wants me to announce to please start bringing bags of candy in for our light tonight in October. So if you will start bringing candy in for our outreach in October, we would appreciate that. Uh, September the 17th is Friends and Family Day, followed by a meal. How many of you love to eat? Amen. Bring your friends, bring your families, and I'd like to say also bring your enemy. Amen. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a great day in the Lord. Uh, today is Youth Sunday. Let's give all of our youth a hand this morning. Yeah. Praise the Lord. 
If Pastor John will come on up, we're going to pray over him this morning. He's going to be preaching this morning, and we're just going to ask God to anoint him and use him in a great way this morning. Uh, if you'll stand and stretch your hands, Pastor Steve, if you'll run up here real quick, and uh, if you'll stretch your hands this way, and I believe that Pastor John's got a message that he's heard from God. And he's going to deliver it to us this morning. We're going to ask God to touch our young people. And we're going to ask our God to touch our hearts this morning as he delivers this infallible word of God this morning as we'll be tuned in. And we're asking the Holy Spirit to touch us this morning as he brings the precious word of God. Let's pray over Pastor John right now. Father, we're just believing by faith, God. Lord, that you have a word for this house this morning. Lord, that you have a word for everyone sitting under Pastor John's voice this morning. And Lord, that you're going to anoint him for this hour, for this moment. That God, our ears, spiritual ears, will be open. And you will penetrate this word down into our spirit. It will take root and effective in our life. So, God, I just feel the touch of the Holy Spirit that this is a sacred time. Lord, as he brings this message, we're going to open up our hearts this morning. And we're going to be tuned in. And, God, I ask you to take all distractions away from our mind and our spirit right now. The devil in the next half an hour is going to distract, try to distract our thoughts. But, Lord, we're asking you to send an angel right now to cover our thoughts. And as he brings the word that our hearts are open, anoint him. Lord, let you speak through him and only through him this morning. Father, we thank you for Pastor John. We thank you for what you're doing in his life. And God, thank you for an anointing him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Awesome. All right. I am excited. Uh, this morning, uh, thank you for praying for me over the past week as I've been uh, as I've been studying and uh, uh, trying to hear from God and, and doing what He is wanting me to do. How many of you all are uh, familiar with this look right here, this one, or 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 or, or maybe this kind of laying around? You say I'll get to it later, right? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to this later. Um, when I think of a uh, ironing board. I, uh, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of a surfboard that maybe it just give up on their dreams. So now it's just kind of just stuck here. And, uh, I thought that was a kind of a fun joke and I thought I might get a little more laughs, but maybe not. So I will scratch that one off and won't tell anybody else this week about that. So, um, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for allowing me to give opportunity to, uh, preach the word this morning. I have a question. All right. Whose responsibility is it to take the things out of the pockets before they wash them? All right. Is it the person wearing the clothes? Or is it the person who's doing the laundry? Most of the people are saying wearing the clothes. You might have a couple here and there that say that it's the person who's doing the laundry. It's their responsibility to take, to take the things out of their Pockets. I used to think I was uh, helping Pastor Amanda to wash the clothes because I would start a load of laundry. It's pretty easy, you know, take it out and put it in the washer, take the washer and put it in the dryer and then put that load in the hamper and then keep doing that. 
until you've washed and dried all your clothes, and then you take the hamper and put it on your bed and say, I'll get to it when I wash all of them, right? Here, I'll get to it later. I don't want to fold and then have to come back and fold and have to come back and fold. So I used to think I was helping her, but come to find out I wasn't. Kind of having to dig through Monday morning to find my work shirt, and it's what? It's wrinkled. Or Amanda's trying to find stuff, and she said, you left it in the hamper too long. It's wrinkled. Now we have to throw it back in the dryer because I'm not breaking out this. <laughs> Who still uses this? All right, young people, you don't use it, do you? You might grill, grill cheese maybe. It's a good idea. <laughs> So, so, so that's my, but it, it, it usually doesn't work. I'm usually not helping her out. I'm usually actually making it what? Making it worse. How many of you all left a pen in your pocket? You got a different color shirt now, don't you? Than what you had before, right? Or, um, but it's almost guaranteed every Sunday now I'll have mints in my pocket at the end of the day. You all can thank the church later for us having mints and giving you mints. I know hygiene is very important when you're drinking coffee, but I almost guarantee now every Sunday I'll have mints in my pocket at the end of the day. So I got to make sure I take these out of my pocket or even maybe chapstick during the, during the fall. I got to make sure I take it out of my pocket. But the washer doesn't care what's inside of it. Everything is going to get clean, right? It doesn't matter, like if you throw a, a shirt in there and throw a watch in there, it's not like the shirt's gonna come out clean and the watch will come out dirty. It's all going to get clean. They're both going to get what? They're going to get clean. Some of you are walking around with the cleanest credit card right now. Because maybe you've left it in your wallet and you threw the wallet in the washer machine or left the card in your pocket and you didn't check it and you have washed it. Maybe if you're doing laundry for different people, the person who's doing the laundry is say it's everybody else's responsibility to take it out of their pocket. But even if you're doing laundry for yourself, you still might mess it up. You still might leave a pen or something in there to, to, to wash. But it's not like it's going to stay dirty. It's going to get, it's going to get clean. See, the washer doesn't look to see what's inside of it. See, whatever you throw in there, it's going to get clean. Whatever you throw in there, it's going to get clean. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Dirty laundry. All in. When we go all in for Jesus, he's going to clean us up. As I was studying this uh, 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 this week, the Lord put this in my spirit, an uh, uh, explanation of a laundromat. When you go into a laundromat, you're, you're sitting there and you're, and you're just sitting there waiting around and waiting for the clothes to get washed. And you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. But thank God that we don't have to wait to come to Jesus when we come to Him with our dirty things in the past. Thank God we don't have to wait for that. When we go all in, it's almost immediately, almost starting to work on our lives, almost starting to get clean. So that's what I want to talk about, all in with Jesus. 
Before I throw dishes in the dishwasher, I have a habit of doing this. Uh, 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 of almost cleaning it before it gets clean, right? You're, you're taking the hot water and you're getting rid of all of the, all of the, uh, all of the food and everything and it almost looks clean and then you throw it in there. Well, thank God we don't have to try to clean up our mess before we come to Jesus. We don't have to try to shout it out. We don't have to put Dawn dish soap on our stains and say, let me tidy it up just a little bit before I give it to Jesus. Thank God we don't have to do that. We can just go all in with our stains, with our holes, with everything that life throws in, and we can just throw it all in for Jesus. The cowboy fans are probably cringing right now. But but we can go all in with Jesus. We don't have to worry about putting shout on it and try to let it sit and soak. We can go all in with him. It doesn't matter what stains we have or what extra things that are attached to our lives that we're not getting rid of. See, it doesn't make a difference. But when you and I decide to go all in with Jesus, he cleans up everything in our life. Not just some parts, not just some parts that the people see, but the, but the secret parts. Not just the parts that we want clean. For me, he has cleaned up some parts that I didn't even think I needed cleaning, but everyone else around me knew I needed cleaning. See, he's a completion God, not a partial God. He is going to see it to completion. If he has started it in your life, young folks, if he has started it in your life, he is going to complete it. He's not going to leave you hanging. He is a completion God, not a partial God. Today I want to talk about three things that God cleans up whenever, whenever we go all in with Him. That's why it's so important for us to allow Him to clean us up. David says in Psalm 51, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. David says, Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. See, he understood how dirty he was. And by getting God involved, how clean that would make him. Let me say that one more time. He understood how dirty he was. And when we allow God to clean us up, when we allow God to work, he will clean us up. And the same things happen in my life and, and maybe in your life. How many of you all can say, I'm a little dirty, right? I'm a little, I've got some stains from my past that I just can't shake off right now. It might have left me a little stained and I would like to clean some stuff up. How many of you all would like to do that if you could, right? I don't want to walk around looking dirty. I want to be clean. And the best way to do that is to go all in with Jesus. See, when we go all in with Jesus, number one, He washes our dirty distractions. Everybody say distractions. 
distractions. See, not every opportunity is, is the right opportunity. Not every person that wants to be in your life is necessarily the right person to be in your life. Not every environment is the best environment. How many can you all agree? Not every environment for us is the best environment for us. Cacao trees, they're the trees that produce ultimately chocolate. See, they need to be in a specific environment to thrive and to grow high humidity and plenty of rain. Who knows that we have not had barely any rain, so our cacao tree is going to look a little rough, right? But you and I were made for particular environments. See, we aren't made just for any environment. You keep the environment right, healthy things will grow. Healthy things will grow in our lives if we keep our environment right. The enemy's number one goal is to distract you and I from Jesus. It's not just to knock us all the way off course, but it's just to distract us just a little bit. He does a perfectly good job by nudging us to question God's word. Like the question, do I really have to buy in from the beginning all the way to the end? Is it all for me or is it just some parts? See, he wants us to question God. And when we do, that is us being distracted. How many of you all have ever been distracted before? Maybe distracted in school. Young folks, I mean, I, I stayed distracted in school. The only time I really wasn't distra- uh, distracted was probably gym and lunchtime. Nothing could distract me from the food or the games, right? What about church? How many of you all ever been distracted in church? Maybe some of you in the very back are distracted on what someone else is doing in front of you. Who knows? Distractions are Everywhere. What about while driving? That's a, that's a big thing. Oh, I'm just I'm just I'm just checking something on my phone. Uh huh. I'm just calling so and so. Uh huh. Maybe you were scrolling through Facebook at the stoplight, and and all of a sudden it's green, and and and, and, you, and then you're stuck back there. Someone honking at you because you're distracted on your phone. See, distractions are all around us, and if we're not careful, we'll be okay with distractions. We'll be okay with them. See, here's the thing. Whatever you focus on determines what masters your life. What are we focusing on? I mean, if, if I focus on God, He masters my life, right? That's good, right? If I focus on God, He's going to master my life. If I focus on money, It's going to master my life. Anything other than the focus on God is a distraction. See, we are here to, as a, as a, as a body of believers, as the people who, who, who are Christian, we are here to love Jesus, tell people about Jesus, and worship Him. See, that's all of our life's calling. Not maybe just a church mission statement, but that's all of our life's calling. It's to love Jesus, tell people about Him, and worship Him. 
how do we make that happen? How we make that happen is different than some people. Some people, they make it happen in the workplace. Brother Dale sent me a scripture right through work email. I mean, it happens right in the, right in the workplace. Some in a church. It looks like that's some in the church. Even in school. You can even do it in school. Whether they agree with it, but don't lower your standards, you can do it even in school. See, we need to stay focused on doing these, on doing these things. We have a, a 10-month-old puppy, Ellie. She is about 18 pounds now. And uh, she is a lab mix. I think they're saying lab and chihuahua. Don't ask me how that happened. But now we almost have a, we almost have a, a lab puppy for the rest of our life. She's not going to get any bigger than about 20 pounds. When we used to take her outside, I used to have to uh, put her out on the leash, right? And especially at nighttime. She would get a little distracted, right? Nighttime, she's a puppy. She gets scared pretty easy. <laughs> Must be the chihuahua in her, definitely not the lab. So, so she gets distracted easy. So one night, or actually a couple of nights, we were done, and then it was dark. So here I am. She's supposed to go out and doing one thing, doing her business, but she's getting distracted. She sees something, shadow. I don't know whether it's Levi's toys or it's a tree or something, but it's not moving. It's dark, and it's just a, just a picture of a figure or something. And she is focused in on that thing. I mean, she is honed in, ready for that thing to move so she can move and, and go away from it. Run away, not run towards it. She's going to run away from it. But she is focused on that one thing. She's just sitting there. Here I am out there looking like a dummy nighttime, waiting for her to go to the bathroom, and she's distracted. But... Had I not pulled her away, listen to this, have I not pulled her away from that distraction, that thing that she's waiting for it to move, if I had not pulled her from, away from that distraction, she would have still been stuck there, waiting, waiting for it to move. Same thing with, with you and I sometimes, right? If we get distracted and God says, all right, come on, John. Come over here. You're getting a little distracted. See, I'm doing this thing called life, right? And maybe that's for you too. We're, we're, we're doing this thing called life. We're not doing it intentionally. But I just get distracted. Ellie wasn't doing it intentionally, but if I would not pulled her from that spot, she would have been stuck and distracted and just stayed there. But sometimes, maybe that's for you right now. You're distracted and you need God to say, all right, come on, come on, John. You're sitting here too long. Let's go. We got some stuff we got to do. He had to pull me away from that distraction. Or we start scheduling things on a Sunday. I mean, find that, well, I'll just miss church here and there. Start scheduling things on a Sunday. You just get busy. It's not like you're doing it intentionally, but you just get distracted. Little by little, your focus is on something else. Or you're wondering why I don't have the time to read my, read my Bible anymore. 
God said, John, you're getting a little distracted. I need you to come over here and read the Bible a little more. I need you to start praying to me a little more. You're starting to, you're starting to get a little distracted. You're starting to, to let yourself go. You're starting to get a little distracted. And, and, and he irons and, and presses out when we read his Bible. He, he can thank you, Holy Spirit. He can iron and press out the distractions of our life. We don't have to wait for this thing to get heated up. We don't have to wait for God to, 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 to wonder if he, if he is available. See, before we iron, you have to plug this thing in, let it heat up, and then go to something else, and you get distracted, and next thing you know, it, it's steaming, or it has no water, or you leave it like this and turn it on, and next thing you know, your shirt's ruined. Thank God we don't have to sit there and wait for God to say, hold on, I'm, I'm going to deal with this person, then I'll come to you. Thank God we don't have to do it. We can come to him any time. When we get distracted, we can always come, come back to him. Anybody ever had that happen to you? You just, you just get distracted in life. Okay, not a single soul in here. Get one, two people get distracted in life. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. How many of you in here get distracted? I'm not going to look because if you didn't raise your hand and raise it now, you're good. All right. So we all get distracted. Like I said, God has to say, John, come on over here, buddy. Get your focus back on me. Get your focus. He wants our focus on him. You may be distracted on something by that's not even bad. You just get distracted. And you start putting God on the back burner a little bit. But you're doing good things. But when we all go in with him, he gets rid of these dirty distractions. The two questions that I ask myself when I go all in with Jesus, all right, is the thing that's distracting me, is it going to help me get closer to Jesus? Is it going to help me get closer to Jesus or is it going to help someone else get closer to Jesus? Everything that God does in life is to reflect Him. Everything that He does is to reflect Him. Any blessing is just something that brings, I know it brings me closer to Jesus. Any blessing that I get, it, 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 it brings me closer to Him. It gives me more of a reason to praise Him and to worship Him. And it also gives me an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Wow, how'd you get that job? Well, 15 years ago, I was a broken down drug addict, broken and beaten to death. I never thought that 15 years later that I would be in the job I'm in now, going on three and a half years, and only a year and a half into that job, I got promoted to be a supervisor. Now, thank God for all of that. A two-time felon. And when somebody asks you, how did you get that job? Well, look what God's done in my life. A person who has a... Thank you. A person who has a 
a track record. I, I, with, the, with the power of God, I was able to get the job I got now. Or, or maybe it's for you. Well, man, how'd you get so lucky? Or, 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 or uh, how'd you get promoted? You had that door open right there. But we got to make sure that we keep our focus on God and not get distracted on them saying, oh, that's a great job you did. You did it. We got to make sure we keep our focus on who gave us that opportunity. Because remember, anything that God does, any blessing that he gives you is to what? Reflect him. Is to ultimately reflect him. And it gives me a focus for my life. It gives me a focus for my life. When I start getting distracted and start turning away, I got to figure, man, look what God's done. I can't be doing this. I got to go back here, you know, because look what God brought me out of. I owe him everything. I owe him my life. See, you could ask yourself the question, what's the focus on your life? Some people might say, I don't know. I mean, just here. I have no clue. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm waiting to see what gets thrown at me. I'm waiting. Listen to this, young people. I'm waiting to see what culture decides to take, what route culture decides to take. I guess that's going to be the new focus of my life, but uh, let us change it again, so I'll go back over this way. See, I'm working really hard, but accomplishing nothing. It's like a stationary bike. Whoever has one of them. I remember Pastor Kevin helping him move his stationary bike from, from what was it, downstairs? Or what? Yeah. <laughs> and we had to Pick it up. It was out of that. No, we had to take it up the steps, right? I said, so we set it in front of this window. I, I said, uh, you going to be using this a lot? Probably not. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, uh, you could be doing a lot of this. You could be doing a lot of this on it. Throwing clothes on top of it. I know that's what I would do. Because that's what I look at. I'm, I'm not getting on no bike, so you just start folding clothes, and so you know it. Instead of sitting in the hamper, it looks a little better when it's like this. No wrinkles. So you have this stationary bike that's just, now it's just holding your clothes. Right? Pastor Kevin, you still got that thing? Or no? No, it's gone, gone, gone. So you don't have nowhere to put your clothes at. But <laughs> that's what I think of us. I mean, we had, we had an elliptical. We had it for a while, and then it kind of just, the newness wore off, and then we 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 were putting clothes on it, and and just kind of just I mean the wrinkle I mean it, it it doesn't get wrinkled like that it actually look works pretty good I might buy one just so I can just keep it on there, you know, and that way instead of just sitting in there I can just put it on the bike. But we're working really really hard, and I can't see anything I gain. That's why Psalm eighty four eleven says. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold nothing good from those who do what is right. From those who go all in with Him. He holds nothing good as long as we walk in the right way. God says He can provide 
what it takes to take you to the next level. See, that's what he does. I mean, he creates things. He created you. He created I. When you say there ain't no way, he says, I can make a way. Allow me to be a part of this and I'll protect you. But the only way for me to do that is if you have to go all in with me. Otherwise, he's just saying, John, then I guess you'll just protect yourself. You'll, you'll provide for yourself then. If you're not going to go all in with me, then I guess you'll protect yourself and you'll provide for yourself. It might work out sometimes, but the majority of the times it's not. It's, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out in your favor. It's not going to work out good. God wants to bless you and give you amazing opportunities. Get that scholarship. He wants you to get great academic awards. But the only way for that to happen is you have to go all in with him. Everybody say all in. All in. And Jesus washes away our dirty distractions when we go all in with him. The second thing that he washes away is our contaminated comfort. How many of you have hit the snooze button? I hit it all the time. No one hits the snooze button. You mean everybody gets up right when it hits up? All right, that's what I thought. Have, hit the snooze button. It, 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 it's, it's, you ever seen that picture where you have your alarm, 5 a.m., 5.02, 5.07, 5.10, and all of a sudden you finally get up at 5.30? You ever done that? I know my alarm, I have nine minutes. I have nine minutes from the first time my alarm goes off. I have nine minutes until it goes off again. I've hit it so many times I have nine minutes. So sometimes I can go back to sleep. Sometimes I just lay there. You get so comfortable in bed, right? You, you, who does this? You flip the pillow over to the cold side, right? Who does that? Flip the pillow to the cold side or, or, uh, I don't do this because I think something's going to grab my leg, but a man who does it, you, uh, take the cover off of it and have one leg. You're laughing. Like, you know, you have one leg sitting out. I feel like something's going to grab my leg. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I have to have either both in or both out. But you get comfortable. You get comfortable. See, but comfort is never as good as it looks, right? See, we have to do things that aren't comfortable. Like maybe getting here to church. Sometimes it kind of takes a little bit of work. I have a three, we have a three-year-old who is now being potty trained. So uh, it takes a little more effort to get up a little earlier than he does to try to catch him so we can use the potty as soon as he wakes up. It takes effort. No matter what you do, it takes effort. The problem with comfort is you don't realize you're there until it's too hard to get up. See, you ever been laying in bed so long, not sleeping, but just laying in there so long, like, oh, I don't feel like getting up. And you lay there and you hit the snooze button, keep hitting the snooze button. Nine minutes later, hit the snooze button again. Flip the pillow over. Put your leg out. If you don't want somebody to get it, just put your leg back in. You just get too comfortable. And it's extremely hard to get up, right? Now, I know, uh, uh, um, bear with me, all right, older people. You don't have to sit very long to get too comfortable where it's hard to get up, right? 
it's probably hard to get up after five minutes of sitting, right? But it takes what? It takes effort to get up, to get out of that comfort spot. It takes effort. What about going to the beach when you're sitting? Bless you. When you're going... When you're going to the beach and you're sitting there and the water is rushing. Who loves the beach? I love the beach. And the water's rushing against your legs. What happens to your feet? That eventually what? They get sunk in. Because we're staying there. We're just sitting there in that position. Right? They're just, they just get sunk in. And it's a little harder to get, to get your feet out. That's what happens in our life when we get distracted. When we get too comfortable in a spot... We can almost be stuck. We can always be stuck and almost miss the opportunity that God gives us in life. We get stuck. Our feet get stuck. We're distracted on something. Our feet get stuck because we're staying there too long. It's time to get up and go all in with me. Everybody say all in. There's a guy who writes blogs by the name of Joel Hitchie. He states, in our comfort zone... There is no challenge and no risk-taking. See, things are predictable. It's fun for a while, but there's a big problem with staying there a long time. It gets boring. How many of you have ever been bored in life? My daughter says it about a hundred times. Mom, I'm bored. I'm bored. You ever been bored in school? He's like, I stayed bored unless it was lunch or gym. It was the only two places I didn't stay bored in it. Or you could say, I've had these amazing opportunities in life, but now I'm bored with it. I've had this amazing job, but now I'm bored with it. I've had this amazing hobby. I used to go geocaching with, with Jason. It was great, but life happens, and you can almost get bored with it. You can get bored. But if I don't want my life to be stagnant or boring, I definitely don't want my relationship with Jesus to get stagnant or boring either. I don't want my relationship to be boring with Jesus. See, I want to keep it growing and thriving. See, I like being at a church that's multi-generational. Right? I love seeing others that may have experienced a little bit more life than I have, and I see them worshiping God. That reminds me, even if I'm in a, a different stage of life or a funky season, there's still a side of God that is able to be praised because that's who He is. See, that's why as students, it's so important for you to come here on Sunday mornings. Let me tell you why. Culture changes, Jesus doesn't. The culture around you is going to constantly change. The clothes you're wearing right now may not be in style. The clothes you wear at school may not be in style later, but they're in style now. When I was younger, I used to have a thing called Jinko jeans. I guess they were the offspring of bell bottoms. You know, they used to tie here, then they kind of went out, you know. They were the thing back in the day when I was, you know, younger. But, I mean... How many of you all have seen somebody wear bell bottoms or you, you, they're selling their age. They're telling their age. So, but you can do this thing of Jesus when you're, when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You can still do this thing of Jesus and it will not change. 
because that's the power of God. God's power stays the same. God's power stays the same no matter what. That's who our God is. He's not a God of comfort. He's a God of growth. And growth and comfort don't go hand in hand. See, you have to get out of your comfort zone to grow. You have to get out of that comfort zone to grow and to thrive. You have to get out of that comfort zone. And Deuteronomy 1.6, Moses is talking to the Israelites after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, trying to figure out where I'm going to go, right? Moses is talking to the people, saying to them what God had told him on Mount Sinai 40 years ago. Deuteronomy 1.6 says, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed here long enough at this mountain. God said, You have stayed here long enough. He's saying, I'm glad you caught your breath. We just took you out of Egypt came out of captivity, get loose, stay warm, because there's going to be another step. We're going to have to take another step. He's saying don't get too comfortable. There's another whole half of this ball game that you haven't even played yet. Let's just stay ready to go. Football season is here. I love it. But when they go into that halftime and when they go in that locker room and they're getting beat down, the coach is telling them, let's go. Let's go all in. The ball game is not over yet. Let's go all in. Let's refocus, regroup, put our distraction on what we need to focus on, and let's go. Let's get back in the game. That's what he's telling them. See, God had to remind them that they've been there too long. He's saying, keep going, keep moving. God had already had all the destinations that he wanted him to go, right? He said, go to the hillside here in the next verse. He said, go to the hillside here, go to the valleys here, then the hill country on this side. And then verse 8 says, see, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land. The Lord, your God, swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. He's saying, my plan did not change because your comfort level did. My plan is not going to change because your comfort level changes. My plan is going to be the same. And the only way that I walk into God's plan is to get out of comfort zone and walk into His growth. Go all and when we do things His way, we get His results. When we do things our way, we get our results. And sometimes they aren't very good. Right? See, He's saying, don't get comfortable in your walk with Jesus. Go all in. Let Him wash away this contaminated comfort. My challenge for you today is, what is one thing that can help you level up your relationship with Jesus? What's one thing that maybe can make you 1% better? See, I can never walk through a door unless I'm actively walking. See, it takes, it takes effort. It takes my effort to go all in with Jesus. It's not easy. It's not easy. But God isn't trying to block us. He's just, he's just calling us. See, when we go all in with Jesus, He washes away our dirty distractions 
our contaminated comfort, and lastly, our crusty compromises. Who's got lotion with them? No one's got lotion. Out of all these people, no one's got lotion. I know we just came out of mid-90 and 100-degree weather, but we're getting ready to come into fall in about the next month, and, and um, things can get a little crusty, right? Your knees, if you got holes in your jeans, put a little bit of lotion on them. All right. Don't forget the elbows. All right. Crusty compromises. Have you ever lowered your standard before? Or ask yourself, what if this Jesus thing doesn't work out? So maybe I just need to lower my standards. Maybe all the promises of God aren't for me. Or maybe I'm not supposed to live all the way up to this. Compromises are dangerous. you got compromises of character and relationships. Or I've lowered my standards because I want you to be comfortable. I don't want to cause a problem, so I'm going to just compromise my standards of living just to be able fit in. See, compromises, they're, they're, they're small at first, but they carry a, a big punch. Right? Where I'm from, where I grew up, we had little, little blood-sucking demons, I call them. Little, little mosquitoes. hate those things. I hate them. Right? We had little mosquitoes, and when I was younger, I kind of got used to them, you know, because I grew up in them. You had balls of them when riding their bikes and all over the place, man, them things. Oh, Now when I go back and visit my parents, I can't stand to be out early in the morning or in the evening when it's cool because they're everywhere. I'm not used to them, right? But according to the World Health Organization, mosquitoes kill about one million people a year, right? But here's the problem. Which bite is the one that killed? Which bite is the one that killed and how do you know when it's coming? See, that's the danger of compromise. How do you know when it's coming? You just do this one little thing here and it's okay. But how do you know that one little thing is is, going to make you or break you? How do you know when that mosquito bites you, oh no, is that it? Or when I go and do something that's compromised my integrity or my relationship with Jesus, how do you know that's going to be the downward spiral of your relationship? With Jesus. See, I don't know when compromise becomes that blow, but when it does, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know, but then it's almost what? Almost too late. I didn't get a I didn't I didn't get addicted the the first drink or the or the first first hit. I didn't wake up one morning and saying, you know what? I think I want to be a drug addict today. I think I want to ruin my life, my relationship with my parents. I think, you know, I think I want to do that today. Let's go ahead and make it happen. It wasn't the first hit that got me addicted. Or it wasn't the first drink. But it was the first hit or the first drink over and over again. I compromised over and over and over. Oh, I'm only going to do this just on the weekends. Yeah, start doing it on the weekends. Middle of the week, I was doing great in high school. 
Because I said, well, I'm not going to smoke weed during school. I don't want to mess my grades up. I had great, great grades until halfway through my junior year. Compromised. I'll get high just one time for school. Every day at that point. But it was a compromise. Small compromise. When I realized that, uh uh-oh, I messed up. I was already heavy into cocaine, drinking, drugs, got in trouble with the cops, had felony charges. That's when I realized that I'm a little too deep. Compromises. That's the danger of compromise. You don't know what's going to take you down. 2 John 1.8 says, Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. How many of you want what God has promised you? See, check this out. If making these small decisions can set me up for failure, then making a small decision the right way can set me up for a success. See, make small steps to set yourself up. Go all in with Jesus and He'll wash away crusty compromise with Conviction. Conviction is like a firm belief in something. See, I feel convicted about this, so I don't care what you have to say about it. I'm convicted about this. I don't care what anybody else says about it, but I'm convicted of it. As the worship team comes, everybody say crusty compromises. Jesus says, When you allow me to wash you up, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to give you a conviction. See, have you ever noticed that the closer you got to Jesus, your music started changing? I don't know if you younger folks. The closer, when I first came to Jesus, my music started changing. My ears got a little more sensitive. I stopped watching things that that I was watching before or the more of a heart you have for people and young people who can say, man, what's wrong with you? You can say, man, Jesus changed my life. Something inside of me has changed. And that's not called a problem. That's called growth. That's called growth. So everyone stand up, please, to their feet. Jesus is inside the details. See, he doesn't care what we look like on the outside. He doesn't care. He doesn't care that we are carrying this past hurt. He doesn't care what we look on the outside. He wants us to be good on the inside. He looks at the heart. Man judges outside of us, but he he looks at the heart. He gives us thing called a conviction. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. As you're closing your eyes, listen to this. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, But what is unseen is 
eternal. Some of you all may be walking around or coming to church right here and have some things in your pocket that maybe you're kind of holding on to. But although we may need to take things out of our pocket before we throw them in a washer, but we don't have to try to clean ourselves up before we come to Jesus. We just need to let Him do it. If we expect the washer to clean our clothes when we throw them in, we should expect Jesus to wash all of our stains away. See, it doesn't matter how long or how big that stain is that you're carrying right now. It doesn't matter how long it's been sitting there. It doesn't matter how bad the stain is. So I want to challenge you. If you all are carrying some dirty laundry with you and you want to see Jesus clean it up, I believe there's some people in here that that I believe they're hurting this morning. And they're actually wanting to go all in with Jesus. So every head bow and every eye is closed. If you're that person and you're carrying that, that dirty stain or that thing that you want Jesus to clean up, I want you to raise your hand. Put it up. Put it back down. Hands up. Hands up. Hands up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus can wash away these stains, these distractions, these past hurts. We just got to go all in with Him. Don't leave here thinking that I have to clean it up a little bit and then I'll do it next Sunday. Let's, let's do it right here and right now. So I want to challenge you, if you have raised your hand up, I want to challenge you to come forward so we can go all in with Jesus and help Him to wash away. So I want to open up the, the altar here. If you raise your hand, I want to challenge you, don't leave here thinking that i got to clean it up a little bit. God, for the ones that have raised their hands up. God, I pray right now, God, that you would just come in and wash away, God, what they're struggling with, God. The past hurt, the past stains that may have left a burden on their shoulders. God, I pray right now, God, that you would come in right now, God, and just get rid of this. And I pray that they would go all in right where they're at. And I pray that all of us would go all in with you from 
from here on out, we wouldn't leave here this morning without without those stains and those blemishes. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's sing that together. Amen. Before we close, <clears throat> what does it mean, as Pastor John explained this morning, to go all in for Jesus? Wasn't that a wonderful message this morning? Let's give Pastor John a hand. Amen. Woo! Wonderful message this morning. But I believe it's somebody here this morning before we leave that you're just you're struggling with just giving it all to God this morning. Maybe you're young this morning and you think, what happens for me just to give it all to God? What does that look like? Well, none of us really know what it looks like for us to give it all to God. But when we give our life totally over to Him, He's going to work it all out for our good. Can somebody say amen? Before we leave, I want everybody just to, to stretch your hands out like this. Just put your hands out like And maybe a few of you are here this morning and you're a little scared just to give it all to Him because you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you're wondering, Pastor, what's going to happen if I just give it all to God? I want us all right now to just, it's not easy because we know the enemy is fighting us, don't we? To give it all to him, everything. I mean, when you say, when he said, Pastor John said to give it all, it's, that's giving our family that's given our jobs. That's given our health. That's given our children. That's given our wife. That's given our husband. That's given our career. It's given it all to him. Guys, it's given it all to him. And I know there's people here this morning that you're struggling with giving it all to him. But young people, listen, when you give it all to God, He's going to work it all out. Somehow. Let's leave our hands. And I want them, Tina, to sing that again. And when we say we surrender it all, come on, church. This, this, when we give it all to Him, is the greatest decision that we can make. All right, let's let's sing it together. Come on, let's keep our hands out, guys. Uh, come on, let's sing it.
give us strength this morning. Keep singing it, honey. Come on, Lord, you're going to have to give us strength just to turn it over all to you. Do we turn our children, our grandchildren? We turn our health. We turn our jobs, our occupation, our, our, our husband, our wife. We turn it all over to you, God. Come on, let's sing it, church. Uh, come on, let's raise it up. Let's sing it from the heart. Let's sing it one more time, honey. God, we give it all. We give our money to you. We give our health to you, our children, our career. My blessed Savior, I surrender all. Let's give the Lord a big hand this morning. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand this morning. The King of Kings, He's the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor John, for challenging us this morning to give it all to Him. I knew the Lord had spoke to that young man to bring that message this morning. I knew I got up here to pray for him, and the Holy Spirit touched me on the shoulders that I have gave that young man a message for this congregation this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's give it up one more time for our youth pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for coming to church this morning. I hope you were blessed and God touched your soul this morning. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may his face shine upon you. God bless you. You have a great week in the Lord.